Well, we are in uh, a new series. We started last week in the book of James. And as I had mentioned last week, James is a, um, he's the half-brother of Jesus. He has the same mom, but uh, a different dad. Uh, it's kind of mind-boggling, but uh, he is. And he lived with Jesus, like, which is kind of, like, think about that. Like, think that you, like your brother is Jesus. And more importantly, he lived with Jesus, and he um, came to the conclusion that his brother is the Son of God, which is odd, because I have a brother, and he's not the Son of God. And I knew that when I was, like, four. And so, like... It's pretty cool that James comes to that conclusion because if you're with Jesus every single day or when Jesus is out, you know, jamming around, he comes back home, and you come to the conclusion that your brother is the son of God, that's a pretty good testimony to have. And so uh, James basically is giving you what he heard his brother talking about throughout his life. He's just writing down these thoughts. It's kind of like a New Testament Proverbs. If you're in the Old Testament and you read the book of Proverbs, it's these wise sayings. And so what we're going to be talking about this morning is the idea of wisdom. How do we make wise choices? But before that, because I did this series in James nine years ago. So I've been here 15 years. Um, I'll tell you what to get me uh, for a gift later on for my 15 years. Uh, but uh, I, I've, nine years ago, I did a series on James. And nine years ago, I used to do my own slides. So I, I found some old keynote and I wanted to just show you what I did nine years ago. Okay, so it was called Faith That Works. That's the, that's the name. Wait for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see that? Okay. I was like super happy with that. Because I, I had my slides. I had totally forgotten I had done that. And uh, I don't know. I feel like a genius. I'm like, I, I wouldn't know how to do it now. But I had to because we didn't have anybody to do my slides for me. And so uh, it's pretty cool that we do now. And she does a much better job. And it's like super hip. Because mine would be like then a hammer. Like, I don't know, whatever. But. Uh, so we, this one's called a faith that works instead of faith that works because we had to make it different because uh, you can't like do the same thing you did nine years ago. That's kind of bad. So last week we talked about this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds and you're going to face trials of many kinds. And I know most of the people, even online, I know our online family, I know this family, I know our patio family, that we're going through trials. And for some of you, you know, depending on how you voted or whatever, like, oh my goodness, like maybe you're going through a big trial right now because your person didn't get in or what have you. Maybe it's, maybe it's more important than that. Maybe it's a marriage. Uh, maybe it's your finances. Maybe uh, you're someone going through uh, injustice whether racially or socioeconomically or whatever. That, these are real trials. These aren't just, you know, the, uh, my Amazon package didn't come, you know, in two days. You know, it took three days. Like, I'm going to write a strongly worded email to them because I got it in three days instead of two days, right? The, these are real trials James is talking about. And whenever you face real trials, a lot of times you have to make a decision, 
right? I mean, you're in a relationship and the relationship, the wheels are falling off and you, you come to the place where you have to make a decision or, or, or maybe it's financially. You've, lo you've lost your job or, or you're on furlough or you're on um, you know, government assistance and you have to make a decision. Do I try to go back to the workplace? Do I try to go back to this? Maybe Maybe it was you, you were planning on doing something to the house and you have to make a decision. You know what? We can't afford that anymore. Maybe you're in a caustic relationship and it's a, re a relationship you valued, but now it's time to, to you, you think I, something has to change. Maybe it's uh, something different and we all have our different contexts. Might be a change of um, like your job. Like, I remember, like I said, 15 years ago, Lisa and I made the decision to move out of import-export into ministry. Well, how do, you, how do you make those decisions? How do you make decisions that you know are wise? And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to, as I mentioned last week, James has ADD, I believe, and he writes, like, he'll be talking about wisdom, and then it's like, squirrel, and then he's like writing about, you know, Word, how you use your words, and then squirrel, and oh, we're going to write about this, and then what was I writing about? Oh, yeah, wisdom. That's right. Okay, let me write some more wisdom stuff. Now, I don't know if he really has ADD or not. I do, as you can tell, but um, uh, so I kind of like James, and so what I do is I take James, and I become his editor, and go, hey, dude, you were talking about wisdom back here. I'm just going to take this, if you don't mind. I'm going to take this, and we're going to make it one little wisdom chapter. So that's what we do. I don't change any of the words, okay, or any of the meaning. I'm a professional. I don't, like, insert stuff. And so uh, how do you make wise choices? Well, here we go. If any of you lacks wisdom, which is really all of us, you'd agree, right? I mean, in, depending on the situation, like, you might be able to fix up your car, I had a, a 66 Mustang because I wanted to learn about cars. That was a bad choice because I don't like cars. Like, I don't like to work on cars. But so I lacked wisdom every time I did any. I would open the hood with my cell phone and go, hey, I'm looking at some wires. And there's a, you know, like we all lack wisdom. Now, you might pick another area of life where I go, oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't need wisdom in that. But we all have areas in our life that need wisdom. So James is saying, if any of you lacks wisdom, what he could have said was, when you lack wisdom, when you lack wisdom, or if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, if you're new to the Bible, or new to Christianity, or new to just your kind of feel like you want, like you know you have a soul and you're just dipping your foot in the water, this might be foreign to you. You would want it to say, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask Google, who gives generously and without finding fault, and it will be given to you, right? Because isn't that what we typically do? We have a pain in our side, and so we go to WebMD and go, oh, pain in your side. You know, you've probably got a brain tumor or something. I, I can't go on WebMD. It just freaks me out because everything I feel, it's like, oh, yeah, no, you've probably got two or three weeks left. Okay, you go ahead. So Google, but, but notice what it says. It doesn't say if any of you lacks information because you can have all the information in the world, which we have pretty much through Google, 
and not know which decision to make. And so this might sound really simplistic to you. Like, ask God. Like, I have this situation. I can ask God, but I have, I'm surrounded by professionals. Why don't I ask them? And here's your first little point. Because wisdom for me and wisdom for you can be two different things. You can say, so, so like for me, I don't watch rated R movies. And then you think, well, that's because you're a pastor. No, it has nothing to do with being a pastor. It's that I remember everything I see in movies. I don't know why. I have no idea. But if I saw a movie, I can watch it again five years later and tell you exactly what's coming, which means that it's stuck in here somewhere. I don't have a photograph. I don't have it with anything important, <laughs> right? Like, wouldn't it be great if it was an actual importance? But it's, it's some, something about movies, and Lisa can attest to this too. Like, I'll just speak out the, what the next words are. I don't know why. So, so another, for me to have rated our movies all swimming around in here, it just doesn't do me a, any good. That's my wisdom. That might not be your wisdom. You might be like, what? what are you, like some sort of prudish, like whatever. I mean, I have a strong argument against rated R movies, if you want to hear it, but it, it doesn't matter. That's, that's my wisdom. Some people can have, you know, have a glass of wine after work. Some people can't. The wisdom changes. Some people can, some of, some people can date. Some people are like, nah, for this season of my life, for the next year, I need to remain single, Right? So this, the wisdom changes. Well, only God knows that. Only God knows what's best for you because God created you and he knows you. Not only that, he knows what's in your heart. Because I can go to my friends and go, hey, what do you think I should do? And they're just like, oh, man, you know, whatever's best for you, buddy. Whereas God's like, bro, don't do that. You, you're just faking right now, right? So, so he, but but here's, here's what's really cool. He gives generously to all. God will give you the wisdom that you need to make the decisions you need to make. He will. And you say, well, man, I don't know. I've never heard his voice. Oh, you have heard his voice, I guarantee you. It sounds like your spouse. No, I'm just joking. Um, it, it, you should ask God who gives all men. And listen to this. Without finding fault, you can ask God about things that you would be ashamed to ask anyone else because he loves you and he knows you. And here's the thing, he wants to give you the right answer. When my kids come to me for advice, do I go, well, you should, you should already know the answer. I'm not going to tell you. I've told you many things throughout your life and you should have learned by now, but you haven't. And so now you're on your own. Do I do that? I go, well, first of all, I go, wow, you're asking me for advice. So I'm waiting for that to, to happen someday. And uh, I can't wait. But um, no, I don't do that. When they call me for advice, my kids have a joke with me. Because I go, well, you know, you're going you're gonna to figure it out. You're gonna, you'll figure it out. And they go, don't. They say, stop saying that. Just tell me what to do. Right? Don't you feel that way with God sometimes? Just tell me. Well, he does. And he doesn't find fault. He doesn't say, you should be over this by now. Or why don't you figure this out? And it will be given to you. You're going to get the wisdom. The problem with me and I would imagine for most of us, is not obtaining the wisdom. It's not finding out the answer. 
James goes on and he gives us some insight on what the real problem is. It's not getting it. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Okay. Now let me give you a little bit of insight. The cool thing about James, it's just meat and potatoes. I I don't add anything to James because it's just like, you know, eat right and exercise. (laughs) Okay. I think that's what James is basically a book of eat right and exercise. But in this little place here, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. The believing and doubting is not about whether or not you're going to get an answer. You will get an answer. The believing and the doubting is what are you going to do with the wisdom you've been given. Because you end up praying and he tells you what it is and then you go, "Uh, (laughs) yeah, Lord, should I? Should I date this woman, this man? Um, no. Well, you know, I didn't, when I said date, what I meant was, right, when we do this, when you ask, you must believe. You get an answer, that's the answer. Believe him. When he says, you want wisdom? This is the wise thing to do. Believe it and don't doubt. Why? What, look at what happens. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Just kind of out there floating, going this way and that way, and just completely uh, your circumstances kind of decide how you're going to respond. Your circumstances decide what you're going to do. Which is the easiest way, the momentum? My momentum is going on dating this person. And you go and you, I'm just coming up with an example. And then you pray, Lord, should I date this person? And he says, no. And you're like, well, I'm already kind of going that way. Right? Lord, should I, should I change up my finances? Yes, here's what you should do. Ah, that sounds too hard. You believe and don't doubt. Because if you're blown and tossed in the wind, what, what are you? Well, he says it. That person should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. This is not talking about wisdom. So, like, I pray for wisdom, but I might doubt that he gives it to me, and so then I should expect I don't get the wisdom. No, no, no. You pray for wisdom, he gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to you. All it says is ask. And it will be given to you. It doesn't say ask and have the perfect right mindset of faith or else he's going to withhold wisdom because we don't hold wisdom away from the people we love. When my kids ask for wisdom, of which I have a plethora, I give it to them. I was just joking. And I wanted to use the word plethora. I give it to them. Why? Because I love them. How, How much more does your heavenly father love you? And wants to give you wisdom. So he gives you the wisdom. You get it. And you go, oh man. And you don't believe. Or you doubt. And you become like a wave. Driven and tossed by the wind. That person shouldn't think they'll receive anything from the Lord. Not wisdom. But the outcome of wise choices. You should not expect 
to receive the outcome of wise choices if you don't make wise choices. You doubt him. You don't believe. They're double-minded, right? We have ourselves trying to make decisions, and we have God giving us the answers, and we weigh these things, and we say, ah, I really, really want that. And God says, no, don't, don't do that. Yeah, but the thing, I probably didn't ask the right way. Here, let me ask it this way. No. Okay. Let me ask it this way. No. Like, oh, but I really want it. And then you do it, and you don't receive what he had for you in making the wise decision. You become unstable in all you do. These, this is not an indictment on you, like, oh, you're double-minded and you're unstable. It's that when you act double-minded and you act unstable, those are the outcomes you get. You get outcomes. So, that's James 1, 7 through 8. James is talking about wisdom. Then he goes on to some other stuff we'll talk about later. So we go to James 3 when he says, what was I talking about again back in James 1? Oh, you're talking about wisdom. Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot. So this is what he says in James 3. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, now what he's gonna, about to do, and this is so cool, is he's going to give us a litmus test for how to know if the wisdom you're getting, the answer you're getting is from God or not. So this is why I said, you say, well, have I heard from God? Yes, you probably have. And you probably knew it. And you probably went through this checklist just subconsciously because we were created in the image of our Heavenly Father. We're created in the image of God, whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter. We, we're created in His image. So we hear His voice. And for those of you who don't believe in God, I, I, I understand. But even, even you've probably, maybe, I don't know how you kind of figure that out, but this is what happens in my opinion. The wisdom that comes from heaven is, what would we, what would we put in there? Uh, plentiful, it's free, um, the wisdom that comes from heaven is um, holy, right? It's uh, smart. That's, that's, those would be the things that I'd use for, for what, what does the wisdom of heaven look like? This is fascinating. First of all, pure. So that takes a whole bunch of your decisions and like goes, okay, I'm not going to do that or I, I'm going to do that or, or whatever. I mean, isn't that a great, I mean, when you're about to make a decision, just ask yourself, is this pure? Is it pure? You're in an industry and in that industry, everybody fudges the numbers a little bit. It's just what the industry does. It's just what you do. I mean, Everybody does it. You know, it's kind of like the steroid era of baseball. Like, well, if they're doing steroids, and I should do steroids because it makes it fair and whatever. I mean, pick, 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 your, pick your thing. Everybody, everybody's doing it. Well, is that, is that pure? Isn't that an annoying question? I hate that question. Like, if I have to ask myself, well, is this pure? Like, okay, so let's say you get past the pure part. Okay, so you get past pure, you're like, you can, you can kind of wiggle your way through, and you're like, yeah, it's pure. I know it's pure. Okay, here we go. Oh, man, this one's tough nowadays. So, you're about ready to go, like, post something on the internet. 
And you're sitting there and you're like, if anyone lacks wisdom, a mask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach. God, should I post this? Oh, is it, is it pure? It's right. That's pure. God might be up there going, okay, fine. You got a next one. After it's pure, it's right. You're right. You're saving lives with that post. It's the best post in the world. Then peace-loving. Jesus, you're always ruining all my posts. Is it peace-loving? You decide to read something, to watch something, to... Is it pure? Yeah, yeah. Is it peace-loving? Okay, let's say it's pure and peace-loving. You're making a decision. Is it pure or is it peace-loving? He goes on. Is it considerate? See, this is why he says you must ask and believe and not doubt. Because sometimes the wisdom of God is hard. It's hard to do. Because it's pure and it's peace-loving and it's considerate. And that gets rid of a lot of our decision-making, doesn't it? Like, am I dating this person because I'm adding to them or because I want companionship? Well, that's not considerate. Like, if you're all jacked up and you haven't gotten yourself fixed, don't start dating people. It's not fair to them, especially if you're good at hiding it. It's just not, it's not pure and it's not peace-loving. It's not considerate. And you can pick any other area of life, not just dating. Your marriage. You're deciding one thing or another thing in your marriage. You're deciding, well, is it, is it you know, I'm going to stop off on the way from church and I'm going to buy a new Ford F-150. God, can I? That's what I actually wanted for the, my 15. No, I'm just joking. Uh, we'll get to what I want for my 15 year. Um, nobody asked me. I'm just going to tell you. You'll love it. Um, uh, and you can do it. It's really simple. Consider it. So is it pure? Like, can I have an F-150? Yeah. Is it peace-loving? Yeah, it's got a backup camera. It's not going to run into anybody. That's peace-loving. Is it considerate? Oh, to Lisa? No. Okay. There you go. And there goes your Ford F-150, which I wouldn't want anyway. Oh, man. Then it goes, yes, it is considerate. Okay. Is it submissive? Hey, remember what we're talking about. We're talking about how to make wise decisions that come from God. That wisdom that comes from God. It's first pure and then peace-loving, then considerate, then submissive. That just sounds like a bad decision to me, to be submissive. I don't don't like God's wisdom. What have I become? Double-minded, unstable in all my ways. If I can submit myself to his wisdom, it goes better for me. Then he goes on, full of mercy and good fruit. (laughs) Isn't this, I mean, honestly, isn't this kind of annoying? (laughs) Like if you're thinking about making decisions, can't you just give me the decision? It's like, well, no, you got to go through this thing. And once you go through this mental exercise and you continue to get into the habit of going through this mental exercise, you make better decisions because they come from your heavenly father who knows you, who designed you, And knows really what your agenda is. And will reveal that to you as well. Full of mercy and good fruit. Okay, I'm sorry. There's only two more. Okay. 
impartial. Impartial. Now, when I make a decision for me, I can tell you I'm 100% partial. Because <laughs> I want what I want. And I can, I can go through all these things to try to decide, you know, okay, okay, maybe it's just because I grew, I was a third child, and so I grew up manipulating, and so I think it's a skill of mine. It's probably my spiritual gift, but um, it's a skill of mine that I can, like, like, I'm just used to doing it, and so I'm partial in all my decisions. We all are. I don't know. You're impartial. How does this affect everyone else around you these decisions and then lastly is sincere be honest when you go before God see he gives to all people generously and without reproach just be honest God I I really want I'll just stick with the Ford F I really want a Ford F-150 I think it would make me look more manly there we go I told him oh good you're sincere well let's go through it before we go on to the next verse, which is in chapter 4, because James gets sidetracked again. we got to reel him back in in chapter 4. I would venture to say this, because it's true in my own life. And I'll phrase it in the form of a question. When you go before God to ask him for wisdom, isn't it true that more often than not, you know the answer? You already know what he's going to say. That he's already given to you generously, but you just don't want to go through it. Some of you are in a marriage right now, and you're wondering if you should call it off. It's just, it's at the end of its rope. And you go before God, and you already know what the answer is. Some of you are making decisions right now. Changes in your life, we're going through a pandemic, we just went through an election, and, and you go online, or you go out, or you do whatever, and you're wondering, you know what, I wonder if I should, and in the back of your mind, the Lord has already spoken, and he's either said yes, or no, or wait, or, you know, let's gather, just, you know, hold off, you know, slow down. You already know. It's just that you don't want to do what he wants you to do. And here's what he says in James chapter 4. Anyone who knows the good he ought to do, God has already told you. He's already made it clear. He's already been, um, has been talking to you for a very long time. And he doesn't do it sins. Which means that you may sin in an area of your life that would not be sin for me. This is why we go to the Lord for wisdom. He gives to all men and women generously. Because I got to figure out what's sin for me. Now there are some sins we all, you know, we know about. You know, don't kill, don't lie, you know, don't steal. Don't, you know, all that stuff. Don't, you know, root for the raiders. Just all sorts of different, different sins we just know about. Um, sorry, Raider fans. Just a, it's an ongoing joke at Living Spring um, that we, we know about. But then there are other things that God has given you the wisdom to make a decision. And you can decide to choose yes or no to his wisdom. And if you don't do what he's asking you to do, or you do what he's asking you not to do, 
You become double-minded, unstable in all your ways. Proverbs says it like this. This is why I know that God has spoken to you, whether or not you believe in him or not. Wisdom calls aloud in the streets. She raises her voice in the public squares. In other words, God's wisdom is not hidden. It's not, if I become spiritual enough, if I memorize enough scripture, if I go to enough Bible studies and I attend church every single Sunday, I'll get the wisdom of God. There is some knowledge that comes from that that helps define your wisdom. Don't get me wrong. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so knowing the word of God, believe me, is very, very important for understanding wisdom. But knowing the word of God doesn't tell me specifically how to do different things. Sometimes I have to ask God directly, God, how do I do that? And wisdom is crying out. Watch what it says. At the head of the noisy streets, don't you believe that I can only speak for America right now? We just have noisy streets. I mean, we got Netflix and Amazon you know, video and news and the internet and Facebook. And it's so noisy. There's so much stuff going on. Wisdom just cries out. No, 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 don't, don't click that. Don't press send. Don't press send. Don't press. Ah. <laughs> like at the gateway of their city, she makes her speech. What's her speech? What's wisdom's speech? This is her speech to us. And don't get offended by it. Or if you get offended, and ask God for wisdom on how to not be offended. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? Like how long are you just going to make decisions based on what you think is best for you? How long are you going to do that? And how has it worked out for you? How have, how have your decisions worked out for you in, in these cases? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? You can be on the internet for five minutes and find that. I mean, it's just everywhere. But not for us. Not for us. We, we want to be, we want to make wise decisions. We all do. We know this. Like I said, it's meat and potatoes. If I stood up and I said, listen, you guys, you need to eat right and exercise. You go, yeah, I know. I know. It's the facts. You're just facts. Let's do it. Let's use God's wisdom. Whatever's first of all pure and then peace loving. Right? Considerate and submissive. Full of good fruit. Here's the she goes on, wisdom goes on with her speech. If you had responded to my rebuke, in other words, don't do that, you did it, and now you're in trouble, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. The wisdom of God is not hidden wisdom. It's not something that's only acceptable or uh, accessible to a certain number of really high-powered Christians who've been holy since third grade. Or in my case, since this morning. It's, it's available. Wisdom shouts, hey, no. Or yes, do that, do that, yes. Ephesians says it this way. Be very careful then how you live. You have one life. It's been given to you by your heavenly father. 
And these decisions, these wise decisions we make can have incredible, amazing impact on our lives. And the bad decisions we make, you know, you've made them, I've made them, can have an incredible impact on our lives. Be very careful how you live. Well, what's careful? Not as unwise, but as wise. That's how he wants us to live. Not as unwise, but as wise. How do we do that? Making the most of every opportunity. See, here's what happens. When I make the most of every opportunity, and every opportunity I go before my Heavenly Father and I say, God, is this, how should I, how should I respond to this? Oftentimes for me, just as a pastor, um, where I'm asking God for wisdom is how do I respond? Either I'm getting I'm in a meeting with somebody or I'm getting emails or texts or Facebook messages, whatever, and I have to go before my, my Heavenly Father and say, how do I respond? Sometimes I want to respond and let him off the hook when I should say, no, man, that's wrong. Like, no, don't do that. Sometimes I respond where I'm angry and it's like, Hey, you, you can't say it that way. Sometimes, you know, just how, how do I respond? Well, think about this. Every time I go before my Heavenly Father and I ask Him, how should I respond? I'm developing a deeper relationship with my Heavenly Father. I'm making the most of every opportunity. Because in every opportunity, I'm going before Him and I'm saying, hey, what is the wise thing to do? Not, is it right or wrong? That's so simplistic. And it doesn't even make any sense. What's right for you might be right for you. What's the wise thing to do? I, I used to have a sermon I did every few years. Maybe I'll do it again. Where I had giant Legos on stage. And they were boundaries. And the cliff, like, so I, I put, I, I would always say, like, uh, whatever, an affair. Like, you know, everyone knows you're not supposed to do that. So you go to the edge of the stage and you, and you put up the Legos and you say, I'm not going to have an affair. Well, affairs don't just happen, okay? Just so you know. Affairs take a long time. And so what you do is you set a boundary back farther to say like, okay, I'm not going to go out to lunch with a co-worker from the opposite sex or whatever. There's nothing in the Bible that says you can't go out to lunch with a co-worker. Nothing. I've read it. There's nothing like that. But what's the wise thing to do? Is it wise to do that? No. It's not. And so, so we, we make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is for you. And this happens when we lack wisdom, we go to God. We should ask of God who gives to all people generously and without reproach. But you must believe and not doubt. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the winds. Let not that person believe they will receive anything from the Lord. Not receive the wisdom, but receive the result of wise choices. As the worship team comes back up. Here's what Proverbs says. We'll end, we'll end in Proverbs. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. <laughs> I, let me just tell you something. It's just as your pastor. 
every foolish decision I've ever made in my life was following this thing. Every one of them. Like there's been some bad decisions I've made that I, you know, just they turned out to be bad. You invest in the stock, you think it's going to go up, it goes down. But the foolish ones, the foolish ones were impulsive. The foolish ones were I deserve something. The foolish ones were like that. But he who trusts, uh, he who uh, trusts in his own heart is a fool. But he who walks wisely, this is walking hand in hand with your heavenly father, will be delivered. So, I told you I was going to tell you what I want for my 15-year anniversary, even though nobody asked. Um, we have an opportunity. Uh, we sponsor a, um, uh, we give, our church gives to a, uh, an organization called Empowering Lives International. And what empower, ELI. And what ELI does, while they have orphanages and things like that, they train people to live sustainable lives. So, um, so for example, in a lot of the villages, and this is in Kenya mostly, um, the way a lot of the women will make money is by brewing alcohol. And, and the name, I can't remember the Kenyan name for it, but um, like what the word is, but it means kill me quick. It's just this horribly potent alcohol. And so what ELI does is it, it comes in and instead of making alcohol, they'll teach them, well, first of all, they'll share the love of Jesus with them. And then um, they'll teach them how to do other things to make just as much money, but it's sustainable, baking bread, raising chickens, doing, doing all these things. And so there's nine villages that need to have leaders trained. There's, there's about 10 uh, leaders in each village. And so what they need is for one year, for one year, we need 25 families to give $25 a month for one year. That trains up these 10 leaders who then reach 300 families with the gospel and with uh, sustainable uh, pract living practices. So that's it. That's my 15-year gift. For all of you who've been emailing me, John, you deserve something. What can I get you? Can I, you know, what, what do you want an Amazon card or something? Like, where do you like to eat dinner? Like, I, and I say no. Because I never get those emails. <laughs> if I've mentioned that before. No, you guys know I feel uncomfortable with that. Um, 25 families, $25 a month for one year. That's what... I'm hoping Living Spring can do. If you're online, uh, you can set it up. And there's a bunch of ways we can do it. Um, um, you can email me. That's john at livingspring.com. And just let me know you're going to do it. I'll get a whole long list of people. And when we get our 25, I'll, um, I'll email you the instructions on what to do. Because you're going to end up doing it through ELI, not through Living Spring. Because it's just a journal entry and it becomes a pain. Like we get $25 and we have to write them on. So it's better if you just go straight through ELI. And we'll give you all the instructions on, on how to do that. But if we can, I mean 300 families like from Living Spring would be, would be pretty darn awesome. We're going to do it. Lisa doesn't know yet. Um, but she does now. And so uh, we're, we're, we're going to do it. Can we, can we do it? Okay, thanks. It's called public shaming. It's really good for your marriage, actually. Uh, let, me, uh, let me pray for us. Um, 
Annalise is going to lead us in a song called The Blessing. And, uh, you know, as we are now into post-election and everybody's digging in and uh, posturing and all that kind of stuff, uh, Living Spring becomes a place where um, the love of Jesus and the peace of Jesus and the joy of Jesus, uh, it's a safe haven. It's a harbor of rest. And so I asked uh, Well Collective, the group that, where we have all our worship leaders come from, um, to sing this song over you. Uh, and those of you who are watching online, to sing this song over you as well as we move forward. And, uh, and as they're doing that, um, think to yourself, has God, has God spoken to you? And you're like, no, 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 no. And then it's like, look, I got to do it. Maybe this week you have to make a decision. You have to make a phone call. You have to cancel a subscription. You got to do something that he's been talking to you about. And so during this time, as they sing this blessing over you, and I'll come up later and give you a, another blessing, um, uh, think about that and think about how God wants to bless you with wise decisions. Lord Jesus, we thank you for speaking to us in many different ways. We thank you for watching over us. Pray that we hear your voice even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his strength, in his peace, and in his wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next week.